0: Good morning everyone. Welcome. We're glad that you're here today and welcome. We welcome you to the house of the Lord during this Christmas season of the year as we anticipate the coming of Christ and we celebrate that event. And so we welcome you here and hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way this morning. We welcome our guests, especially you're very important to us. We're glad that you're here today and we hope that you'll feel very much part of our family as we worship God. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask, if you would, to take those and to fill them out so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. If you would do that, that would certainly, uh, we would certainly appreciate that. Uh, and uh, let me uh, call to your attention some of the announcements that we have, some of the upcoming events that we have, uh, have coming up here in the next uh, week or so. Uh, let, first of all, let me remind you, we, we're we still doing our children's fundraiser. Is that right, Mary? Okay, we're do, still doing our children's fundraiser, the stocking stuffers. I think we'll have them for sale out here. Is that right? I'll, I'll, where are they? Just point it. They're over there in the corner. Okay, they're over there in the corner. We have some calendars and Christmas cards and notepads for Christmas. And so Mary or somebody will be over there to... Uh, uh, take your, your orders for those, and uh, we would appreciate that. Our 20th anniversary T-shirts, is that what you were going to announce? We'll come announce that then.
1: We are selling um, 20th anniversary T-shirts in long-sleeved and short sleeve version. Sorry, Tim. long sleeve and short sleeve version. Um, the money that we make off of these T-shirt sales will go towards the building fund, so if you would like to order one of these or six, um, please come see me. We'd like the orders to be in by next Sunday, and um, we need to check when you put your order in. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you. So order lots of them. That, that's, uh, it, and it's a good advertisement for our church, and it's going for a good cause. And, uh, and they're nice looking too, so thank you for that. Uh, on December the 20th, uh, we're going to be having our, our uh, s- breakfast with Santa and uh, be looking at the, uh, the Frozen movie for our children. And uh, so hope you can come and be a part of that. Uh, see Mary, and she'll have tickets for that. And I understand our youth is having a lock-in on Friday. So that's, uh, that's coming up this, this week as well. So we have lots of things going on. Tis the season to be busy. And uh, it's, it's a biz, it's a time to celebrate and a time to uh, to be together and with much fellowship and joy. So let's share that joy now as we stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord.
2: the mountain over the
3: I was listening to what Gray and Zoe were talking about. This is Isaiah 61, 1 through 4, and 8 through 11. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion. Give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations."
0: One of the favorite verses of Scripture for most Christians can be found in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The lighting of a candle on the third Sunday of Advent is traditionally associated with God's love. God's love for the world and God's love for its people. You were given an index card and a pencil when you came in today, and as we have done for the past two Sundays, I would like for you to take a moment of silent meditation on the love of God. We have talked about the hope and the peace, and this week we want to think about and meditate upon the love of God. And as you do that, let me invite you to write your prayers for God's love to be revealed on the index card. You may pray for God's love to be revealed to you in some way. You may write a prayer for God's love to be revealed to someone that you know or in some situation in our community as a whole or in some world situation that's heavy upon your heart. So let us now take a silent moment before God and let us write out our prayers for God's love to be revealed. Now let me invite you to join me around the candle of love back in the, my left, uh, back in the back, where we will place our prayers of love and ask for God to reveal God's love in each of these situations. Let us pray together. Oh, well, Jesus, whose love for the world was so great that you were prepared to die for it, we thank you for your sacrificial mission, which we remember started at Christmas. We light this candle as an assurance of your love. And we offer up our prayers for your love to be shown abundantly to each and every heart. Amen. sing one of our favorite hymns, our Herald and angels sing.
1: Donna's pulled in a big group this morning. Oh, I'm sorry. I think you guys already know what this coming Saturday is. What's this coming Saturday? Mm, Well, it's coming, yes. It's not quite this Saturday, but it's coming. We're and, you know, we always do some fun things at Christmas. What is it, Allie? The Frozen Party. And everybody in here knows what Frozen is, right? If you, ever, if you even have a, a little girl close to you, you know what Frozen is. So it has been my hope as I start my fifth year as the Director of Children's Ministry that we see a brand-new playground out there. Take that wooden playground down and see a brand-new playground. So I'm going to ask that if you would like to purchase tickets, Jill and Kelsey will be at the table back there to purchase tickets for the frozen pancake breakfast. They are $5 a piece, and trust me, it's going to be like a, an uh, ice, princess in, or ice castle in here when you come in on Saturday morning. Okay, I know you can't come. Um, anyway, um, and if anybody would like to take some tickets to sell at their workplace, we would certainly appreciate that. Also, the calendars, like Dr. Tim said, they are $6. If you, know, if you have somebody at work that you may be able to sell a calendar to, or the greeting cards or the Christmas cards or the notepads, we'd certainly appreciate it. Um, Sue Barry, as always, has come up with some unique ideals, too, and I'm going to let her say what her idea is for Saturday. Come on up, Sue. And you guys, this is all for you, because we love our children at
4: CBC. Okay? Okay, at Women's Mission uh, Night this past Monday, uh, I was new, and they said uh, homemade items sell really good, so I took three bowls of angel biscuit dough. And some of you all know that I've brought angel biscuits for ham and biscuits. They were at the Joy Group uh, that we had this past Tuesday. Uh, And then also at times I've brought them as, made them into cinnamon rolls. So we made $15 off of each bowl when it was auctioned. So we raised $45 with just three bowls of dough. So talking to Mary, an idea was born to raise the, playground with rice and dough. Okay, so uh, we have, we're going to have a sign-up sheet, uh, and if you would like to purchase a bowl of dough, now the dough, <laughs> the dough keeps for two weeks in the refrigerator. You can take enough out to make two biscuits, two cinnamon rolls, keep the rest in the refrigerator until you're ready to use it the next day. Uh, it's very versatile. Where's Where's Christine? She's not here today. She she purchased a bowl of the dough and made cinnamon rolls for the volunteers who came and made the the plates for the shut-ins yesterday morning. Um, So um, each bowl makes 30 biscuits, medium size. The recipes and how-to will be included in each order, and uh, they'll be for pickup uh, at the frozen pancake breakfast. Um, Remember, it'll be great for the holidays. It keeps for two weeks. Uh, and then also you can give it as a gift. So please help us raise our new CBS uh, playground with Rise and Dough.
5: see I thought I had a big enough mouth but I guess not well you know we've been talking a lot about love haven't we did you hear uh, brother Tim talk about um, John 3:16 that God so loved the world that he he uh, sent his only son so we could be saved do y'all do y'all think your mommies and daddies love you have you have you ever gone to them when you've had a problem and you've been maybe sad and they've Hold you in, your, in their arms and told you that they would take care of it and, and help you? Or maybe when you've had a boo-boo and they've kissed it and put a Band-Aid on it? Well, did you know that that is what God did for us? That he knew we needed a lot, someone that we could really love, right? So who, who is he fixing, or who, is, who are we going to celebrate being sent? You said it earlier, Jesus, that's a pretty big love, isn't it, to send his son down here so we could pray and so he could help us be happy, right, so we could have a nice, fulfilling life. So as you get older, of course, you'll still have your parents, but when you get troubled and your heart gets sad, you can pray to who for help? right and find comfort right so i want y'all to remember that regardless how bad you you uh have a problem or how sad you are or how big our boo-boos get we can always pray and ask the lord for comfort okay can we remember to do that do you think he's going to give us peace in our hearts He is, that's right, because he is a loving God. So this Christmas, I want you to think about that, okay? And I want you to think about how much he loves us, that he sent us, and we're going to celebrate his birth. Y'all want to say a little prayer? Y'all want to pray today? Let's close our eyes and let's thank, thank the Lord for his love that he gives us every day and for being there for us so we can pray to him when we are sad or lonely or in pain. And thank him for that love. Amen. Okay. Let's
2: stand for our offer to Him.
0: please bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the love of this congregation. Thank you for sending us your son to save us from our sins. May we always be your eyes, your hands, and your feet, showing your love and serving a world in need. As we give you the best of our bounty, please guide us to use, use it best to serve your kingdom. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I love this time of the year. Um, and one of my favorite parts of this time of the year is seeing the lists of uh, letters that children write to Santa Claus. It's always interesting to read what children have to say. And sometimes they are completely candid. Listen to just a few examples Dear Santa, could you come early this year? I've been really super good. But I don't know if I can last much longer. Please hurry. Love, Jordan. Uh, Now, that's an honest young man. Or how, how about this one? Dear Santa, Mommy says that you only bring presents for good little boys. That isn't fair. Signed, Brian. Sounds to me like Brian's not so confident that he's made the good list this year. But the one that I really like comes from Jenny. Dear Santa, please give me a doll this year. I would like for her to eat, walk, do my homework, and help me clean my room. Thank you, signed Jenny. And I understand that Jenny's mom wants a doll like that too. (laughs) Our Advent announcement for today comes from the lips of Jesus himself. It, It seems that Jesus was in Galilee where he was already gaining quite a following and And Luke tells us that he was teaching in the synagogues, and everyone praised him. And then he went to Nazareth, the place that he had been raised. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, which was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And so he unrolled it and found today's passage that Chris read a few moments ago. And he read it aloud to those in the synagogue. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then Luke tells us that he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant at the, in the synagogue and sat down. Everyone's eyes were fixed upon him, waiting for him to expound upon the words that he had just read. And then he said something breathtaking. He said to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Wow. Did you hear that? Today. This scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, the mission of the coming Messiah is taking place now. Well, I imagine that there was a moment of stunned silence as these words began to to sink into the congregation in the synagogue there. Perhaps they were waiting for him to explain himself. What What did he mean that the words of this scripture are being fulfilled today? And as it dawned on them what Jesus was saying, Luke tells us that all of the people in the synagogue became furious. As the old saying goes, the preacher had quit preaching and gone to meddling. And they couldn't stand for that. In fact, Luke tells us that they got up, they drove him out of the synagogue, out of town, took him to the top of the hill that the town was built on with the intention of throwing him over the cliff. Now that's quite a reaction to a sermon, isn't it? I'm glad you folks are kinder than that. Fortunately, somehow, we don't know exactly how, but fortunately, somehow, Jesus managed to escape those malintentions but those words generated some powerful emotions. But it makes me wonder why. Why were the, the, these people in the synagogue so riled up over such a, a few words here? And I think it's probably the same reason that these words still stir up powerful emotions even today. You see, we want Jesus to stick to religion. Religion. We would like for Jesus to stick to religion. We don't want to hear all this talk about the needs of the, the poor or people in prison or people with disabling conditions. If he would just limit his sermons to things like prayer or reading the Bible or going to Sunday school, then nobody would really care. But here he was meddling with issues that hit too close to home, and that made them angry. You know something? It still does. But listen to this, folks. These words taken from Isaiah come about as close as anything else that Jesus said to being Christ's mission statement. It consists of a series of announcements, and these announcements declare to everyone what he was all about. Christ had been anointed by God's Spirit to announce good news to the poor, to announce freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to announce the year of the Lord's favor. And so let's begin with the first of those announcements this morning and think about each of these. The first, of, first one that he said, it was an announcement of good news to the poor. Would you agree that the poor need some good news? Yeah, the poor need good news. Whether they live in Afghanistan or Africa or even here in the United States of America, it's awful to be poor, especially at Christmas time. And unfortunately, many pastors don't even broach the subject of poverty with their congregation. They seem to think that that's an issue that's just too mundane for them to deal with. They'd rather deal with more spiritual issues at hand. But you don't have a pastor like that, do you? Thank you. You you may think that your pastor has too much to say about the plight of the poor. and, And maybe I do. But folks, here's the reason why. It's because Christ cared so much for the poor. And besides, if the church doesn't speak up for the poor then who will? You see, Christ has, has very clearly called upon us to be people of compassion. Alan Emery tells a story in his book titled A Turtle on a Fence Post about someone who embodied that kind of compassion that Christ wants us to have. The person that he talks about is his own father. He tells about a trip that his family took on a train when he was just a, a very young boy. And there was a kindly old porter on the train, an African-American gentleman. And as the porter moved about, young Alan noticed that he walked with a limp. And when he asked about it, the porter told Alan that he had an ingrown toenail that had become infected. And it, and it hurt terribly. And it was obviously a, a source of a great deal of pain. Well, the next morning, Alan's father commented on the way uh, the porter appeared to be in pain, and, and Alan explained to his father what the porter had told him. And then after breakfast, much to Alan's surprise, he saw the porter coming out of his parents' drawing room, and Alan saw that the porter was distressed. In fact, as as he passed him by, the, the porter broke down in tears, and he and he went into the men's lounge there and he sat down on a leather bench, put his his hands over his face, and he just quite literally wept. Well, young Alan was embarrassed to see a grown man cry like this, but he also felt that the man needed some attention. And so he sat down next to him and he waited until he had quieted down some. And he was particularly concerned since the porter had just left his parents' room and he didn't know if something happened in there or what was was going on. And so he asked the porter, are you crying because your toe hurts? And the porter said, no, it's because of your daddy. Well, this really concerned Alan, so he pressed for the story. And the porter told Alan that after breakfast, Alan's father approached him and, and asked about his toe. And his father told the porter that he was not a doctor, but he felt that he might be able to help him. And and the porter was reluctant at first, but at Mr. Emery's insistence, he went into the drawing room and he exposed a toe that was terribly inflamed and swollen. And so Alan's father offered to lance it and to clean it, put a bandage on it and some ointment to relieve the pain and help with the healing. And so the porter agreed to do that. And as he told Alan about it, he just burst out crying again. And so Alan asked, did it hurt that much? And the porter said, no. In fact, it didn't hurt at all, and it feels a lot better now. And so Alan asked, then then why are you crying? And the porter said, well, while he was dressing my toe, your daddy asked me if I loved the Lord Jesus Christ. And I told him that my mother did, but that I didn't believe like she did. And then he told me that Jesus loved me and had died for me. And boy, as I saw your daddy carefully bandaging my foot, I saw a love that was Jesus' love. And I knew that that was a love that I could believe in. We got down on our knees and we prayed, and now I know that I am important to Jesus and that He loves me. With that, the porter started crying again, happy and unashamed. And, and when he gained control of himself, he said, You know, boy, kindness can make you cry. That's true, isn't it? Kindness can make you cry. Mary Dunham, when she announced to some of her commodities clients that, that next month they will begin picking up their commodities here at Community Baptist Church. And not only will they get their groceries, but they will also get a bowl of soup and a time of conversation and fellowship. She said that when she announced that to some of her, her, her clients that a number, a number of them started crying. Why? Because they were overjoyed that someone would care so much about them. Sometimes kindness can make you cry. And folks, I truly believe that that we could take this world in a single generation if all of those who call themselves followers of Jesus would show that kind of compassion to others. This season of the year is a reminder that we are to be kind, particularly to those who, are, who do not have the advantages that we have. The message of Christmas is directly aimed at people who are disadvantaged. And that's the first announcement that Jesus made about his mission. It is good news to the poor. And secondly, he announced freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. Jesus' aim was to set the oppressed free. Now those words, prisoners and the blind, are, are much broader than simply those who are behind bars or those whose eyes are damaged. You see, people can be imprisoned by a whole lot of things. People who are addicted to drugs are imprisoned by its hold on their lives. And you can be imprisoned by self-hatred or guilt or fear or prejudice. And people can be spiritually blind just as easily as they can be physically blind. Blind to the needs of those around them. Blind to the ministry that God, God has called them to. And sometimes we're even blind to the connection that we have to all of the rest of God's children. Reverend Harry Pritchett tells a beautiful story about a Christmas party that he was once a part of. It seems that the women of his church each year would invite a special education class of children with cerebral palsy to come to their church for a Christmas party. And these boys and girls with disabilities came to the Christmas party as guests. And so the children of the parish, who were all quite healthy, put on a pageant for them. And the guest children were served cookies and refreshments and one of the men of the church dressed up like Santa Claus and handed out Christmas presents. But then after, after about two years of this, one of the teachers of the uh, uh, in the cerebral palsy class suggested that, that maybe her students could return some of the church's generosity and participate in a shared Christmas activity there. Well, Reverend Pritchett said that even though the church folks were a bit tentative about this. The brave women of the church agreed to it, to this experiment. And it was a cold, bitter cold, rainy day when the cerebral palsy class performed the Christmas pageant at the church. There was Mary and Joseph, one little black boy and one little white girl in wheelchairs. The angel couldn't keep her arms from flying up in the air and The shepherds came in on on crutches, and the wise men took a very long time coming from the back of the church up to the manger at the front. It was almost impossible to understand the narrator because of her speech impediment, but everybody knew the story. No one tried to help anyone else, said Pritchett, and no one felt embarrassed, it was quiet at first, and then there was laughter, and sometimes there were tears. And The simple truth from the manger was very clear. He said, some of us have cere- cerebral palsy, and some of us don't. Some of us are children, and some of us are adults. Some of us are black, and some of us are white. Some of us are poor, and some are rich, but we are all human beings, And we are peculiarly separate while at the same time being peculiarly united. One thing is for sure, we are all vulnerable and we are all fragile, just like a baby in a manger. This was a learning experience for that congregation. Some people are imprisoned by their disabilities and others are imprisoned by their inability to put themselves in the shoes of someone who is just as valuable to God but who has obstacles to overcome. But Jesus came to announce good news to the poor and he came to announce freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. And then one more thing. Christ came to announce the year of the Lord's favor. Now, what does that mean? Well, a complete answer to that question would take more than just one sermon. It's it's a big question there. It is obviously related to the Old Testament idea of the year of Jubilee that can be found in Leviticus chapter 25. This was a year when everyone who had sold themselves into slavery because of their debt, would be set free. It was a year in which all debts would be canceled. It was a year in which the land that had been sold in order to cover debts would be returned to the original owners. And it was a year in which compassionate help would be given to those in need. To paraphrase biblical scholar N.T. Wright, Jubilee was a time when God would hit the reset button to release and rescue from everything that was crippled that has crippled human life. The year of the Lord's favor also had to do with the kingdom of God that Christ was introducing to the world. A time when God would reign in every heart. My friends, with the coming of Christ, Humanity's whole relationship with God was moving in a different direction. It was moving from an atmosphere of fear of God to an atmosphere of love for God. As we noted in Christ's words, um, as he quoted today's scripture in Isaiah 61. But it's interesting to me as we read the passage in Luke and compare it to the passage in Isaiah, because it's interesting that he didn't complete Isaiah's thought. Listen as I read from Isaiah and see if you hear something that Jesus didn't say. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God. Did you catch that? Jesus left off that part about the day of the vengeance of our God. And it made me wonder why. And it made me wonder if he did that on purpose. Do you think what he didn't say is as much a part of his mission as what he did say? Maybe he was trying to correct how we look at God. Could this have anything to do with the fact that Jesus taught us to call God Abba? Daddy, up until that point, people feared God. That's what their relationship with God was all about. They had to offer sacrifices to God so God wouldn't get them. And now Jesus is calling upon us to call this very same God, Daddy, and to love God with all of our hearts and souls and mind and strength. You know, unless you had a very warped father, which does happen sometimes, it is difficult to reconcile daddy with the vengeance of God. And I wonder, could it be that Christ's coming was partially partially for the purpose of resetting our understanding of who God is? Maybe so. I heard about two children who were talking about the Bible, and one of them was quite upset about some of the atrocities that are found in the Old Testament. And they're there, folks. They are there. There are some terrible things that happen, especially in the Old Testament. But he was upset about this, these things that he had read in the Old Testament. And the other one thought about it for a moment. And then finally she said, well, those things must have happened before God became a Christian. You know, in a sense, that might be true. I mean, think about it. How can we fear the vengeance of God who wraps Himself up in a baby in a manger? Now, our lesson for today is from Isaiah. But listen to this. Our understanding of this lesson is from Christ. We are living in the year of the Lord's favor. We are living in the light of the star of Bethlehem and the message of Advent and the message of Christmas will always be good news for the poor. It will always be for the disadvantaged and for the marginalized and for the oppressed and and for those who are captive. In short, it will always be for all of us, all of humankind. A new thing came into the world with the advent of our Lord Jesus Christ. A totally new thing and a new way to look at God. And so my friends, welcome, welcome to the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. Let us sing together number 305, our closing hymn, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. And I hope that this is your prayer today, that you have decided to follow Jesus. And I want to tell you something, folks, following is is a whole lot different than just giving a nod of assent. Following means following, and Jesus has a whole lot of admirers out there, but not that many followers. But that's what God calls us to do, is to follow. So I hope that this is the commitment of your heart today. As we sing our closing hymn, I have decided to follow Jesus. May you live within the light of God's love in these coming days. And may love call forth the songs that you sing. May love enliven your your celebrations. May love be within you and may love surround you. And may you know deeply the abundance of God's steadfast love. Go and be the love of God for others. Amen. Thank nice to have you yeah, good to be
2: back. Door. It's a knob on that door, too. Huh? tonight? that